Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach, and we are here to talk about two comics coming out on November twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Starting with the Flash number three. This is written by Cy Spurrier, illustrated by Mike Deodato Jr. Uh, we had checked in on the first issue of this, and I think all of us wound up coming away from it higher than we anticipated. And here we are with issue number three. And I have to say, this is still working for me. I didn't expect it to be for a couple of reasons, which we'll get into. But this is so tonally different than the last Flash series. Yet it doesn't feel like a retcon. It feels like it's additive. It has a really distinct point of view. It's doing some wild shit. It's taking some chances. I think this is good, and uh, I'm. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, Zach's with me. I I'm really curious to see if Vince is with us because Vince was the one who I think was the most down on this. Well, he's the most conceptually spurrier of the group. Yes, exactly. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, so Vince, why don't why don't you take it away? What did you think of this so far? Uh, <laughs> I wanted to like this more than I did. Um, and I'm not I'm not out yet on this run because I think the ideas that are here are very good. And but now I think it's spinning its wheels a little bit. And you know, this issue Vince, Vince. this issue was a lot of uh the flash getting dragged through wacky temporal slash dimensional anomaly after another and it didn't all add up to much now i love the i love some of the imagery and i don't just mean the way that it's drawn like i love the i love the imagery and the and the visual idea of the gallery of statues that wally finds himself in at that one point i love the way some of this trans-dimensional stuff is depicted visually I love the idea of it. It's just I it a lot of this is Wally going through something, going, I don't really understand what's happening, and then another character trying to explain it, except not really, you know, like the, the issue starts out with uh Michael Holt saying, like, uh uh well, Wally says, oh, this is spooky Speed Force stuff. And then Michael Holt it tries to explain it in a more scientific way. And he says, uh, think of it as gravity for math. Solutions clumping together like nebulae forming stars. Or like the energies that give you your powers forming patterns that we're too primitive to per- perceive. And then Wally goes, spooky feeds Speed Force stuff. Called it, you know. that I, I like that in theory because it purports to explain what we're seeing in a, in a way that like pseudoscientifically makes sense. But if you don't care to try to understand it or read too far into it, you can just say, okay, it's spooky speed force stuff. And Wally is telling the reader, like, it's okay to just think of it that way. But then you go through this, sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say just on that point before you move on, like the stuff that like Mr. Terrific is saying is like, textbook spurrier yes dialogue which like it's it's like 
the side of Spurrier, like, it doesn't bother me that much, but I do think it's, like, a little superfluous and silly, you know? And so I think it's, like, funny that he is basically, like, the mouthpiece for Spurrier, and then Wally is, like, the mouthpiece for everyone, like, the reader, essentially. (laughs) You know, it's, like, this doesn't matter, you know? Like, yes. uh, Which which I kind of like. I feel like it is maybe, like, Spurrier being a little playful with his usual tropes. Yeah, or being I, being a little like self aware, maybe. I totally agree. I totally agree, and that that part I liked. And then it goes on to um, Max Mercury showing up, playing the role of the like he's playing more of like a spiritual guru. But that's rather... always the Max Mercury role. No, I know, I know. I'm not. I'm okay. I, I, sorry, I, th- I thought you were saying that that felt no. like out of character or something. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. My I'm apologies. just saying like. I'm just saying he comes in and he's playing that role, but he's very much doing the same. He's doing this thing where, where Wally is like experiencing um, this like sideways reality. They describe it as sideways. It's, it's, a, jump, <laughs> it, it, it's a jump sideways. Uh, what, 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 what do they call it in Lost? Does it Side, uh, fla- flash, uh, flash sideways? Flash flash sideways. sideways. Get, get yeah. out of here, you assholes. Um, so. <laughs> So, yeah, Wally says it's like we accelerated sideways, you know, and and they're experiencing this stuff. And Wally is trying to figure out what's going on. And Max is uh, trying to explain it in some very, like, flowery way. And the, the whole issue is just that. And you're not getting anywhere. Like, I'm not as a reader, I'm not any closer to understanding what's going on at the end of this issue than I was at the beginning. Um, and that kind of bugged me. Like, like I said, I'm not out. It's just that a whole issue of this stuff. I don't, I didn't get anything out of it. I, I don't, I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys got out of it because, um, to me, it was just wacky thing after wacky thing happening and not really getting any closer to a point. The first thing I want to say, and then I want to let Zach talk for a minute, is that you're basically describing how I felt about a lot of the Morrison comics we've read, and I'm I'm both vindicated and frustrated by hearing you talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/ECTcast. <laughs> well, I I I give Morrison a fi- I will admit this. I give Morrison a far bigger benefit of the doubt than I do Spurrier. So, I'm I'll just say it. All right. Zach, what do you think about this? I think it's just awesome. Like, I I think it, it, it can be a little overwritten at times. And but I, I just think that Spurrier is just going for it in such a such a commendable way. And like the the vibes are just off the chart. The the like I, I know that this is like billed as cosmic horror, and I, I kind of think that that term gets overused and diluted to the point that it like almost means nothing but i kind of i felt it in this like and i felt it throughout this run and and the you know the part where um the part where wally and max are like in that sideways place and and they just start seeing this like i don't even like how to describe it this you know the this like 
like Guts. atomic stampede coming at them and they're like we we've got to get out of here we've got to get out of here and then they realize when they get out that it was that it was bart and then they start the implications of that and like what they are doing to like the fabric of reality when they run is like su such an interesting idea and then like later where they go to that weird place with all of the like this the limbo for speedsters basically uh -huh. um like and those weird red guys show up again um who are like so well designed it's just like i don't and like i i you know when when bad stuff happens to heroes and comics like i'm trained to like not care about it at all but like I legitimately like felt a little bit when when Max got trapped, even though I know he's going to be fine. But it was just like it was such a well written moment. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is just really doing it for me. And even the Deodato art is doing it for me in a way that I didn't expect it to. Yeah, uh, that is one point I did want to make. I feel like there is a the, the cosmic horror thing is a good call, Zach. I feel like. There is a sense of dread that permeates this book that is really hard to do in comics. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about horror movies, um, which I've talked about again at patreon.com slash EC3cast, is a good horror movie to me, from the second the opening credits start, it sets a tone for you. And I just love hanging out in that tone for a while. And I feel like this book did a, a very commendable job of setting up a, a tone pretty quickly and sticking with it. I mean, there, there are there are moments of levity here, obviously. There are moments of heart here. But to me, it all starts and ends with that cosmic horror element. And uh, I really enjoy what the book is doing in that sense. I thought the Max stuff worked really well here. I thought that the um, almost every bit of dialogue that came from Wally verged on obnoxious, like Vince was saying. You know, the sort of like, uh, like I said, uh, you know, spooky science stuff, whatever. Like all that stuff, I think could have been annoying in lesser hands or maybe by issue five i'll be tired of this shit by by that point but for right now it, it's still working for me i love using the speed force as this sort of scary place as this mystery because we've seen the speed force like even in, in stories where the speed force is supposed to be somewhat malevolent or at least mysterious i have never been I've never had a visceral sort of emotional scared reaction to traveling within the speed force in a comic. And this book does a good job of making the speed force or, or wherever Wally is going to, or whatever, how he's skipping out of time, whatever, like those places are legitimately frightening. And it's again, I didn't want a horror uh, flash story, but I'm really happy with what we're getting. And the Deodato art, I mean, look, does he still do the Uncanny Valley stuff? Yes. Is his stuff still at times a little bit too perfectly posed? Yes. But because shit like you know, being thrown through these weird time loops and all that is happening, it somewhat uh, forces him 
out of the patterns that I don't like in Deodato's art. You know, mm-hmm. I would say that there are panels, specific panels, that are every bit as not my thing as anything Deodato's ever done. However, the overall comic is just working in such a better way. I I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, on that note, I want to say, I you know, well, I'm not the biggest Diodato fan. One comparison I made while reading this um, that really made me appreciate it was um, I, I was reminded of Twin Peaks. And go oh. with me. Go with me here. Okay. You know how in Twin Peaks, even in uh, The Return, which is more modern, the special effects... I, I, I'm not going to call them cheesy or, or bad, but the special effects are definitely like more low rent. Sure. Sure. Right. And that doesn't, that doesn't make them bad. It actually makes them eerier. I think. Yes. At yes. times, you know, yeah. Uh, like there's, there's stuff that doesn't look quote unquote good. That spooks me more because of it. Um, and that's kind of what this comic does for me with like the, first of all, you know how I hate like digital effects and things like that. Yes. Well, weirdly in this comic, like if you look at the background, there's all kinds of digital artifact there, or at least I perceive it as digital. Like there's like digital cross hatching in the background Mm -hmm. that makes the characters look separate from the background and in a lot of comics that wouldn't work. And in this comic, it makes it seem eerie. It makes it seem like these characters are operating outside of whatever the world. And even when they're even when they're in a quote unquote normal place, not when they're not like in the weird um viscera world or whatever, they still feel other compared yes. to like their environment. And that effect will only work for me in a very specific context. And it happens to be this context. So kudos for them finding like the right recipe for that, I guess, but also like that weird, like rainbow thing that's in the air, you know, that like butterfly looking Uh vortex, whatever that is. That reminds me of something that would just be like in the air in an episode of twin peaks. And like everyone would be looking at it and like, Oh, that's weird. You know, it 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 just gives that same vibe to me. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not out on this by any means. It's just that issues one and two, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, and I wanted to keep that going, and I felt like the momentum was really stopped with this issue. Um, I'm looking forward to issue four because I'm I'm fairly confident it will pick back up. It's just this was a lot of boy, isn't this stuff I'm seeing wacky and not much else for me. Um, While I understand and appreciate that criticism, I think that this is an instance where this issue was the one that really hammered home a couple of the, I don't want to say scientific explanations, we still don't know like a lot about what's happening here. But I feel like the the work that went into this issue was really to give us a sense of 
the scope that is going on around us, whether it's the problems with Bart in the Speed Force or Max's sacrifice or the various different planes that Wally can get us to, like we knew a little bit of that before this. But to me, this is the issue that establishes just how big the problem is and just how serious these different things are. So while I, I totally know what you're saying, to me, it this just raises the stakes in a very satisfying way going mm-hmm. forward um but i mean I, I i i i think we can all safely say this is better than we thought it was going to be based on the solicit yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah hey absolutely. that's something right it is it is hello denizens of earth 1218 we are the hosts of make mine multiversity a twice monthly podcast i'm jayna and I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right, well, that brings us to our second and final book of the week, which is Titans Beast World number one, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Ivan Reyes. Zach, I want to start with you on this one because you were really hyped on the build-up to Beast World. You really liked what was happening in the Titans book and beyond. And so I'm curious to, to see if you feel that this first issue delivered on the promise that the build had done for you. Um. Yes and no. I I. So I was pretty hyped after I read this. I think like I told you guys that I was pretty, and a lot of that just comes down to the Ivan Reyes art. Like, is just sending me. You know, it's like this is like peak DC comic event book for me. Um, in a lot of ways. Um, it's just kind of weird in that the setup. I know that the setup like kind of matters from Titans, which is, you know, the, the church of eternity stuff, the, all the stuff. So this book, this book basically has, is like two halves, you know, there's the first half of the book that seems like it's setting up this story about this kind of evil, uh, Starro analogs, Mm -hmm. the, the Necro star or whatever. Um, and then that just kind of resolves or is resolved by Dr. Hate showing up, which I think is a character that we all like. I know when he kind of showed up, I said that like comics are back again, (laughs) Uh, but it's a really dumb idea, but you know, that showing up is probably like not the thing we're most excited about, but it, it takes a weird turn i honestly like i don't know i'm kind of all over the place on this book i can't decide if i think it's good or not but i'm i'm enjoying it and i i don't think that it's gonna i don't think it makes sense as a six issue mini series with tie-ins but i'm i'm still here for the the hot mess of whatever it is so i i really enjoyed this as well 
but for different reasons than you, I am clearly the low man on the Ivan Reyes totem pole here. <laughs> really? Okay. Not not that I dislike Ivan Reyes, but I just Ivan Reyes does nothing for me. Like I, I can look at it and say, oh, that is objectively very good. And of course, I have uh, positive, you know, associations with the Ivan Reyes work from the past. But there is nothing about Ivan Reyes's current work that really gets me excited. It's fine. It's good. It's 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 what you expect from a DC event at this point. But it's not. It's just not my particular, you know, cup of meat. To quote Bob Dylan. Um, what I liked about this was that we have been told since, uh, I guess, the, the start of the dawn of DC or whatever, that the Titans were going to be the, the team. And that this was going to be, they were taking over for the Justice League and they were going to do things differently, blah, blah, blah. And we've seen like zero evidence of that from an in-story perspective. We've seen people talk about that. You know, everybody basically keeps telling Dick Grayson, like, you're in charge now. You're the man now, dog. Um, but we have not really seen that happen. This book is where that happens. Like Batman yes. defers to him and we see beast boy come up with the plan that essentially saves the world or attempts to save the world. And, um, you know, Starfire is leading the charge here. This is the first time that that promise has felt like anything. It's also the first time I'd say, that the based beast boy raven romance has a based boy yeah he is based (laughs) Um, boy yeah um uh that romance has felt like anything to me and and i i think it it feels relatively uh natural and good here i also like the fact that i mean i guess brother blood slash the whatever the fuck his actual name is like i guess that brother guy's eternity gonna, you mean brother eternity yeah um i guess that guy's gonna be a part of it going forward maybe not but there's a lot of like i liked the sort of left turn that the series took i thought you know look i mean it, it is having like an evil sorrow really the best twist in a book no probably not it's probably a little dumb but you know it's it's something i didn't expect when this was all happening um you know it just it this just seems to me like a smart unexpected version of a dc event is it going to be great probably not it just seems to me like this is this doesn't feel like the last five to ten dc events we've got yeah and for that reason alone god bless it like i'm i am i'm excited for that reason uh, we don't need to have the same exact story that we get with every crisis level event. This feels different, and I'm in for it. Uh, in addition to that, I like that this is a book that is clearly bringing in the greater DC universe to be a part of it, but it still feels specifically Titans focused. And maybe that's not a big deal for other people, but like I remember the last event that I remember feeling this way. And this is you're all going to yell at me for this, but I feel like this is giving me Blackest Night vibes Mm. in that clearly that was a that was a Green Lantern event, but it involved the entirety of the DC universe. And this feels like a Titans event that is involving the entirety of the DC universe. And um, I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Vince, talk to us. Yeah. Uh, yes, I agree with everything you said. Um, one of my favorite things about this is that it starts out with an all-hands-on-deck mission that really had nothing to do with Beast World, right? Like, Beast World is a consequence of the way that they dealt with the with the threat that kicks this book off, right? Um, and th- it reminds me in that way of, like, a... Well, I, I don't I, I don't have any particular event that I can point to, but it, but but it reminds me of a more classic event, classic style event. Like you said, Brian, this doesn't feel like the last several events we've had. It feels like um more organic in some way. Yes, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of crazy to say. That makes it I mean it's an event book nonetheless. It kind of feels stupid to say like it's more organic than any other event, but, but it kind of is, it it spins out of stuff that the Titans are, have been dealing with. Um, It's, it's a consequence of, of uh, beast boys actions to solve this other problem they had. And now it's going to take over the, the, this book and, you know, there's going to be all these different tie-ins or whatever. Or, or one shots, whatever they are, it just feels more natural somehow. I, that it's crazy to say, but like, just the way that the way that Taylor set it up is more natural than a lot of the recent books we've gotten. Um, it kind of zigs when you think it's going to zag in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I like that. I love that. It's all hands on deck in the in the Titans Tower. It, that one scene of kind of all the heroes gathered together, and you see, uh, oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to it right now. Um, you see, like everybody in the tower, and I, is it Dick who's speaking, or it's Corey? It's Corey, it's Cor- Corey who's yeah. speaking, and everybody is kind of like laid out in front of her in the tower. It reminded me so much of the scene where they're in the monitors tower in crisis. Yep. Or the satellite or whatever it is Mm -hmm. spaceship. And Superman is kind of like holding court and, and, and kind of like explained to everybody what the plan is going to be. It, it finally does give the Titans that, that feel like everybody's deferring to them. They're in the lead. They're going to handle this. And the entire rest of the DCU is there. You know, it's, 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 it is finally making good on something that has been teased for so long. And I feel like that's been, that's been DC's biggest problem in the post infinite frontier landscape, right? It's, it's teasing what the story is and then taking forever to get to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is not the only book that that's happened in, right? Like I, I feel like we have just been, there have been things that have been teased like a year or more ago that are, we're just coming around to now. And that's great. If the stuff that leads up to it is, is kind of like an on-ramp, but it really hasn't been aside from this Titans book like none of the other books feel like they're leading to the dawn of DC stuff 
like again, like Superman with Brainiac. We're just we're not there yet. We're getting to that still. But it also doesn't feel like it's ramping up to that. You just get an appearance of of Brainiac in the back of a book every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's less organic than this. Like I feel like what Taylor has been doing while slow moving is a little more organic. Um, but I'm glad we're finally getting to the point. Um, I guess I just wish things would, I wish they would announce something and then just do it because, uh, they're, they're taking too long to, to get to whatever the, the actual event is or this, whatever the status quo is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm relieved that this book is finally doing that. I think the book looks great. I think the Ivan Reyes art looks great. Um, I think, yeah, comparisons to Blackest Night are probably apt, especially considering like a lot of our heroes and villains potentially are going to be transformed by it, I guess. Um, that's, it's, you know, a very similar sort of threat to the, to the Blackest Night stuff. Um, yeah, what else can I say? I'm, and you know, without spoiling anything, it, it, we know it's going to get wackier. We know I'm, I'm more excited about what I know is coming versus what's in this issue. You know what I mean? That's unfair to say because we can't divulge what that is, but I I haven't read ahead at all. So I am, I don't know what's coming, but I'm, I am, uh, I am intrigued by what's coming next. (laughs) I I also just want to say, I think I, I think that, that no small part of this is due to the fact that Tom Taylor has never written an event like this before. And so this feels ambitious in a way that I think after you've written four or five of these sort of universe shattering events, the way that Scott Snyder and Josh Williamson have, that's no offense to those guys, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel as um, urgent. Their work, their last couple of events haven't felt as urgent or as personal as this feels to Taylor. And I know it's hard to talk about a, an evil star story is feeling personal, but it feels like these it feels like these characters are just they're experiencing things that have real consequences. I mean, the whole the whole transformation that Beast Boy goes through and we sort of see it beat by beat how first he is just, you know, he's becoming a whale so that he can use the bigger brain and then he's splitting himself up like all that stuff feels really momentous to Beast Boy. And if you've been reading Taylor writing Beast Boy for the last six months, it it feels it feels sufficiently grand and epic for this sequence. And it's just it's really nice to see that. It's really nice to see a story that feels that. Uh, again, personal is the wrong word to the writer, but I, I think you both understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, well, one of the, one of my problems with the last couple of events too, is that there, there, there was no real personality to them. I, I felt like the threat was the threat and it was all about just dispatching the threat. Whereas this, this has something of an emotional core to it. Um, that has been built up by Taylor's Titans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the stuff with Beast Boy and Raven is ringing true to me right now. So, 
it's it's working for me. Yeah. All right. I should have warned you beforehand. I got it. I have it up. <laughs> I have it up. I'm a good boy this week. Good boy. Tell us what's coming out next week. Batman 140, Batman slash Santa Claus, Silent Night, number one. We're reading that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Parker, we are. <laughs> Birds of Prey, number four. Blue Beetle, number four. Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville, number four. Poison Ivy, 17. Shazam, number six. Uh, Superman, 78. The Metal Curtain, number two. Titans Beast World, Waller Rising, number one. And Titans Beast World... Oh, should that... Titans Beast World... Waller Rising and Titans Beast World Tour Metropolis number one. Sorry, I got thrown off by the tour thing, but I forgot that the the ones that are like named after the cities have tour in the title. Yes, yes, yeah. So we'll yeah. read both those Beast World books, I assume, and if we want to read Silent Night, I I would do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good plan to me. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Go to DC3Cast.com for more. Please become our patrons. We would greatly appreciate that. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Honestly, I think the last, like, hip-hop album that I really liked was... Uh, Life of Pablo. Jesus is King. <laughs> yeah, no. Gosh, <laughs> fuck you guys. No, I liked Donda. Oops. Um... <laughs>